1: Time now for the
0: Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. What if Purdue and Illinois met up and, and Cornfield United? They could be a pretty good program. <laughs> Cornfield United, Pete
2: Thamel. God, do I hate agreeing with Pat so much. Just bet the opposite of us. Just start loading up on the opposite of us.
1: And SI's Pat Forty, And you get a 12-team playoff. I think that would be the most fun part of it at all is a bigger playoff. And here's Dan.
0: Uh, Welcome to the pod as we get close to July 4th weekend. Hope everyone has a safe and uh, healthy time and fun time. Uh, I want to commend you, Pat Forty. Really? Yes. (laughs) I know this is rare. Don't worry. It's not a trick. It's not a setup. (laughs) I commend you for your work at Sports Illustrated and SI.com, where you rearranged the FBS and called it the 40-bowl Division. The 40-bowl subdivision. I'm sorry.
1: New FBS.
0: You broke up all the conferences, realigned all the teams, relegated 11 of them, promoted one, and did everything on geography, which is a tremendous off-season topic, evergreen, and allows us to tape this podcast (laughs) earlier in this week. Uh, There you go. So we can all go fishing and golfing and whatever else we're doing. There's the true benefit. There it is. There you
2: go. And he showed classic 40 humility by naming it after himself.
0: Himself. (laughs) That's right. Hey, all his cards. 40 yard dash, 40 F-B-S. minutes. Uh, yeah. The FBS. Uh, Pat, he if you haven't read it, go read it. It's it's fun. If you're a college football fan and you're listening to his podcast, I assume you are. Unless you just really like the People's Court. You should like that too. <laughs> it commemorates the 10 year anniversary of uh the start of realignment by realigning everything. And uh, this is always like a parlor game of everyone just blowing things up. So he creates 120 schools. Uh, 11 current FBS members have been sent down to FCS. Against all odds, it does not include my alma mater, UMass. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I tried. I tried to find a way. But I stayed true to my formula. Unfortunate for these schools, and I'm sure you got a lot of hate mail. I'm dying to hear about this. Yeah, UTEP, my man, the Miners. Come on, best—that's one of the best stadiums in college football, right there. The Sun Bowl is fantastic. Really? Not happy with you on that one. Texas State, UTSA, South Alabama, Louisiana Monroe, Bowling Green. Uh, it's got that. I mean, that's they got—they got their Bowling Green's got their stadium in the breakdown, Lena. I seventy-five. That's a great. <laughs> New Mexico State. No love for the Southwest. San Jose State, Coastal Carolina, Troy and Liberty were all sent down and uh North Dakota State you bumped up. yeah, And Moving you failed to go with my plan of combining Yukon and UMass into U- New England United. But anyway, you have a you have 120 teams. You create 10 leagues with 12 members each, trying to do it in proximity. Notre Dame is forced into a conference you play a round robin of 11 teams and then everyone gets one non-conference and then all all 10 get an automatic bid. So just, there's no way to do this like on a a podcast, but if the Great Mid-East Conference has this (laughs) smorgasbord of teams, so you might say, okay, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Purdue, okay, it's making sense. Indiana, Akron, Kent State, What is that one? The Ball State logo, Cincinnati, Miami, Ohio, and uh, Toledo are in there. So you're just basically mashing up. And Cincinnati. And Cincinnati. Cincinnati, right. Mm -hmm. So MAC teams are getting elevated. The Big Ten's getting split. Same thing in the SEC, different stuff. And you're trying to keep some some teams together or something. I mean, the, the Great Mideast is a lot tougher than the Great Midwest, which has Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota State, Western Michigan, and Wisconsin. Well, that's not fair. Anyway, this is your policy. It's got all sorts of crap in here. <laughs> There's a lot of crap it in It must have clicked no like crazy. That. There's a lot of crap. Ringing it, endorsement from Dan Wetzel. I love it. I love it. I, so I, I can start arguing points, but I want to hear what you have to say. What is your... What, it, what has happened since you uh, sent this thing out uh, early in the week? All right. Since I sent this thing out on Monday, it's been interesting.
1: The The response, if you are a fan of a group of five school, you're like, hey, this is awesome, man. We're finally in a league with those guys. The arrogant, snotty, big-time power five school that won't play us. Now we're going to be in a league with them. Georgia's got to go to Georgia Southern. Florida's got to go to Florida Atlantic, you know, et cetera. You, Akron gets Ohio state to come to them. So they're like, yeah, this is pretty cool. East Carolina's like, wow, we didn't get relegated. Hey, that's great. Uh, <laughs> and then the others, the, if you are like the, the funny, the two schools of the people that seem to be the most like, this is stupid are Georgia and Florida because they don't want to play all those other schools in their States. I mean, Florida, it's like, all right. Yeah. we we'll want to play Florida state. We'll play Miami sometimes, but we do not want to play UCF unless it's on our terms. We don't want to play USF. We sure don't want to play Florida Atlantic and Florida International. Well, in this situation, you would have to. So they don't like it at all. Notre Dame people are like, you can't make score in a conference. No, I can't. But in this <laughs> pre- precept, you can. Exactly what you said. It's the middle of the summer, spitball. What if we just blew the whole thing up and just did it again? One of the things that got me thinking about this was going back to – Talking to commissioners and 80s and, and stuff, you know, a month ago, a month and a half ago about, hey, we need to be more regional in our scheduling and even maybe, re, you know, realign to be more regional in terms of our conference affiliation. Well, this is hyper regional. Uh, it is really close by. And if you are worried about student athletes going to play a Thursday night game, you know, halfway across the country because your conference says so, well you're not going halfway across the country in this. So your student athletes are missing less time. You're spending less money. You have most of your longtime rivalries are protected in this one way or the other, not all, but most. And you get a 12 team playoff. I think that'd be the most fun part of it of all is a bigger playoff and 10 automatic bids, two net, two at large, put them all together, play on conference uh, or on campus sites and you get a whole new deal. So, you know, what the heck? I guess it'll get us through a month or a week in uh, in in the middle of the summer. Give us something to talk about. I did it all for us for the podcast.
0: Let, let me step in before I let you go, Pete. I do find when you do these types of columns the, the funniest response is people going, "This wouldn't work." No kidding, <laughs> no kidding really. Absolutely, no one thinks this would work. Yeah, no one, yeah, no right. one thinks the big tent. Wait a minute, the big tents yeah. not going to break up. No kidding. <laughs> Right. OK, yeah. we got you. Relax. We're pretty there, sure. Mr.
1: Yeah, the Big Ten and the but SEC actually, aren't
0: saying, OK. Is there a worse thing than a tweet that begins, but actually? <laughs> no, well, yeah, we know. OK, it's just something fun.
2: All right. Pete, go ahead. Well, the most, the most fun part is people taking hypothetical columns like Pats and taking them personally, cutting to the core. So at about 11 o'clock this morning, I got a call from a Louisiana Monroe staff member who said you were being vilified on their group text for leaving them behind. How dare you, Pat Forty? Your name is Dirt in Monroe. You may never
1: step foot there again. Actually Good Dirt in Monroe. Good Dirt down there. Yeah, good Dirt. No, I've been to Monroe. Monroe. I, I am never going back to Monroe. I have been, and I am never going back. Pullman might actually be better. But. I, I did, while we were taping this, get a text from an AD from a rele- relegated school. So, uh, not not pleased to be relegated. So people are taking it at least a little bit seriously, which is a little Lamar. You have a lot of
2: fans at Liberty, Pat. I'm sure they're taking it well. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm not happy with this UTEP decision. What do you got against UTEP? UTEP
1: is terrible in everything. That was the problem. I start looking this up, and, okay, let me explain the formula for who got relegated and who got brought kept in. I took a five-year average of the Sagarin ratings for football, and UTEP is the absolute worst in that time. I took your – Dan's favorite metric, the U.S. News and World Report academic rankings – And then I took the 2018-19 All Sports Learfield Cup rankings. I would have done 2019-20, but they didn't finish that because we didn't finish college sports. And so I just combined those. And wherever you rank, that's the number. And so UTEP UTEP wasn't even close. I'm sorry. Sun Bowl, very nice. Not even close. What about burritos? (laughs) (laughs) Breakfast tacos? I failed to... Failed to factor those in, I, I, I will uh, well, admit. Well, that's
0: the flaw. I see the flaw because a great lunch spot, El Paso's got, like, the best food. Oh, I, hey, I, I'm
1: a big Mexican food fan, and I would be happy well, to eat I think in El
0: Paso. I think this is the situation. You have the wrong – you put in garbage in, garbage out, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I yeah. think the Bowling
2: Green noise will uh, will only rise here. I we'll see. Have, I haven't heard know. from
1: them. I mean, too much. Yeah, Troy. Troy Green and Green. Not the Troy people are very mad. Troy people yeah. are not happy. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys? Hey, think? And I most of at, like most the people. Like my dealings with Troy have been fantastic, but in this instance, they're they're less than thrilled with me. I will say, I will I will admit, like this was strict accounting except for like one or two schools in or out based on, can I make this work geographically? It's like, this is like a giant Jenga game, you know, where like you take one thing out and the whole thing falls apart. So Troy might've been an unfortunate victim of that. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look and see who was victimized by that and who wasn't. Yeah, please your sunbelt math is of, of the utmost concern to our listeners. could you please
2: could you please provide receipts because I really think people are going to dial in on your self your self-made mathematical Sagarin US News World Report non- burrito formula.
1: You may be surprised.
0: <laughs> yeah quality no. of lunch spot should really be a factor <laughs> I think.
1: Quality of lunch spot, quality of campus bar. I mean, those are those are legitimate factors, you know, if okay. you want to get well, into Well,
0: maybe get back to but, work. Maybe get but back
1: hey, to work. Yeah. The Great, the great Mideast is not that much harder than the Great Midwest unless you think Michigan's actually good. It's got Ohio State, which would win either conference all the time. But if you think Michigan's really good, then okay. At football, we're just talking football here.
0: Okay. Let's take – you think Michigan – Wisconsin's better than Michigan, but then th- what's second in, in the great Midwest? Minnesota? Minnesota? Going
1: Minnesota. Hey, won, won, won a New Year's Day Bowl last year, won what, 11 games or something?
0: Uh, they won 11, 11 games two, on this. Yeah. Look, if this was to ever take place, and obviously it won't, but it would be interesting. Um, but, you know, really it just be about getting to the playoff. Yeah, So exactly.
1: Uh, That's the thing. And so, so that – you know – Hey, there's a lot of places your chances just went up appreciably of making the playoff because there's now 12 spots in it. And like Penn State's no longer in the same division or even the same conference as Ohio State is.
0: Right. Uh, And and there's a lot of ridiculousness already. So you sit there and go, well, this is garbage. I don't want to play Central Michigan and uh, I don't want to play. Well, you already play three to three bad non-conference games and three teams. The good teams are already playing six, seven games. So you just set it up a little different. I I I like that. Um, a little more balance. Yeah. Um, and look, hey, if Michigan and Ohio State got to go through each other, I'm not sure, like, how much would it hurt recruiting? I'm wondering what schools would do so much better. Like, yeah. I actually think the Deep South, which just dominates Georgia and Florida, those schools would get much better than, like, you know, an Ohio State that is limited to Indiana, playing in Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. Yeah. That's a True. tougher, tougher yeah. sell. Not that the Buckeyes are going everywhere, but. Like some of these schools, man, no one's playing in the deep south. Although yeah, you do no. have your one, you do have your one non-conference game. I have to look in what, what you came up with with those yeah. teams. But like
1: Florida State's playing Clemson, and uh, Florida is playing LSU. Georgia plays Auburn. Uh, Georgia Tech plays North Carolina. Miami plays maybe Pittsburgh or something. I'm not sure. So. But, yeah, no, I mean, they there there are many flaws in this thing, and that is one of them, is that a lot of, you know, Alabama doesn't get to go play in the state of Florida, which, you know, not that they play there that often anyway, but they, they'll go to Orlando or something like that, you know, and play that neutral site game.
2: I hope all those 10 schools you relegated, people use it against them in recruiting. <laughs> yeah. this is <laughs> They're going to yeah. get left behind. You can't go <laughs> yeah. to Troy.
1: You gotta go to Louisiana Monroe. No,
2: Louisiana Lafayette. Or the artist that's formerly right. known as Louisiana Lafayette, which is now that's right. Louisiana.
1: If I wanted to be, you know, like if we wanted to be really ruthlessly utilitarian about it, I relegate like 30 teams and we go down to a hundred. The math works better for 10 of 12 10 leagues of 12 schools.
2: If you Google Pat's email address and you find one with an AOL in it, that's the right one.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh hey now hey now my uh you have any
0: other complaints do do i have any other complaints just pete Pete. i want to give the floor to pete to complain and pick this thing apart well i mean again
2: it's hard to it's hard to pick apart something that's hypothetical and and not going to happen i secretly really like the yankee conference you know from my from my northeast chair like that's probably what should have happened. And if a few things had happened differently with like the big East and such, uh, you know, I, 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 think I, I, here's, here's the complaint, Dan. And we, read we off the teams this. in the Yankee conference. Yankee conference. Not everyone. Yeah. Good point. Penn not state, read this. Navy, Syracuse, BC, Maryland, Pittsburgh, army, temple, Rutgers, Buffalo, Yukon, Massachusetts. Now we, I think we need to discuss the possibility of the great Dan Wetzel plan, which deserves his name being used in it, of combining UConn and
1: UMass, that would New England know,
0: United, New England it United.
1: Is, it would certainly help out both schools and anybody who cares about either school's football teams. I'd uh, be
0: happy to have that. That way, you know what? Then we can bring back one more school too. This is how it should be. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the kind of stuff that if you were setting it up, this this makes a lot more sense. You know, like. For the most part, the AFC East is in the, well, because it's got Miami. But, you know, that's the the AFC North. NFC North is Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit. There you go. That's your league. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you don't really worry about it. There's divisional rivals in pro football, but it's not as big of a deal as if there's a, you know, Ohio State's going to storm through this thing mostly and, and, and worry about Michigan. But mainly they're eyeballing. You know, who we getting in the first round.
1: No, and that's the thing is that's if you could possibly untangle everything and start over, this is what you would do. You know, because it is more so much more reasonably sensible. But there's just no way to take, you know, the 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 SEC isn't giving away every advantage they have, and neither's the Big Ten and so on and so forth. So they ain't going for it. <laughs> What's the hardest league, Pat? Um, I thought, let me see here. Let me call them up. I've
0: actually 12 is kind of the Pac 12. I mean, that's yeah. the Pac
1: 12 is close to the Pac 12, just like Hawaii. And that was one where like San Jose state should have been in there, but somebody had to go from the West. So San Jose state's out. The sunbelt is probably the is Sun Belt. LSU, Auburn, Alabama, right there. I mean, that's, that's three killers that are already in this one division together, but then you, you keep also Mississippi state, Arkansas, Mississippi, you add Memphis, good program that at least the top of that is pretty tough florida georgia florida state south, when florida right? states yeah. yeah yeah when florida state's doing what they should be doing that's a difficult one the easy ones like clemson should win the mid-atlantic every year you know as things stand now penn state should win the yankee uh, ohio state should continue to win the great Mideast unless michigan gets itself together uh, the the like the most even one, I think, is maybe the Rocky Mountain Conference, but it's also the weakest one. It's like Arizona State, BYU, Utah, Air Force, Colorado, Arizona, Boise State.
0: So basically, some of these schools that already win their conference every year.
1: Would continue to win their conference yeah. every
0: year. Penn State is absolutely going to roll through this league. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, that one, I put that together. I was like, geez, who's going to challenge them? And didn't come up with much. So New
0: that's, England that's United when, is. all right let's Uh, move on yeah okay to actual conferences (laughs) including the big one the big 10 14 teams of course uh but they're the big 10 big 12's only got 10 the 12 one of the things uh we've been doing this we did big 12 earlier in the week we've done acc we've done pac-12 go look back and find them if you want to hear about those uh, we'll do SEC. we Will come out next week, uh, and this one, the Big Ten, general health of the conference right now. Uh, I think it's pretty damn healthy, but maybe you guys uh, have different opinions, Pete. So uh, I would think you know Ohio
2: State is is operating on a on a on a really really high plane right now, as high of a plane as it's operated on in its uh, you know century plus of of football history, and you know. Right behind them is, is is Penn State. Michigan's not all all that far behind them. And and then you have Wisconsin sort of operating in, in a similar sphere as, as those schools. And then there, it, in, in Minnesota. I would I would give credit to they have sort of risen into that conversation and it's pretty muddled from uh, f- from there. Um, so I would say the league is, is, a, is a bit top heavy. The, there was like a little flurry last year of like, the West is so wide open and fun. And it just kind of turned out that the West wasn't very good. We'll see if the, we'll see if the West uh, can, can acquit itself a little better. Northwestern just did an all-time tanker. I think Illinois will be bad again. But overall health of the league, they're the best off financially. They have the network. They have a new commissioner. You know, some of the strongest ADs in the country are in that league, starting with, with Gene Smith at Ohio State. You know, certainly they're they're poised to lose a bunch of money if there aren't fans or many fans in the stands this year. But but I think overall um, health wise, it's hard to pick a lot of holes in the uh, in in the Big Ten and in, in in where it is right now.
1: Not many, you know. I mean, it's it's incredibly profitable. You start with that; they are making more money than anybody else. Uh, I think it was fifty five million per school last year. Just some you know phenomenal number. They've got humongous stadium the powers teams have humongous stadiums that they still fill or come very close to filling everything is is very healthy there's a couple exceptions one uh ohio state national title in 2014 it's the only national title the conference has won since 2002 that's it's one school basically if ohio state ain't going to compete for a national title who is maybe penn state can but penn state's got to get past ohio state to compete for that national title and they haven't been able to do that. Michigan, as we have said many times on this podcast, good enough to beat the bad teams, not good enough to beat the good teams. In the West, Wisconsin's probably maximizing their potential as a program as well as almost anybody in the country. Minnesota, right now with P.J. Fleck, very much on an uptick. I think Purdue's going to bounce back this year and be better. They're probably not going to contend to win to the division, but they're going to be better. They were just ravaged by injuries last year. So, Ohio State, a little bit like we talked about with the Big 12. Ohio State is here. Everybody else has dropped down a significant notch. And nobody else is competing for a title. Ohio State didn't win titles either. Now, you could argue that maybe they would have given LSU a little better game last year, but I don't think they would have beaten LSU. Uh, So, you know, one national title in 18 years, okay, it's a good conference. It's probably the second-best conference overall, but... There's still a pretty big gap between the Big
0: Ten and the SEC. All right. So my question was a little bit more on the stability of the league and things like that was what I was going for when I said pretty okay. good. I agree with all you guys football-wise. Good, but could be better. Uh, Ohio State, obviously, this is not – it's really not competitive right now. The only time, only times they really lose is when they don't pay any attention. Which they used to do sometimes under uh, under Urban Meyer. Their recruiting is is a whole different level. I was talking to someone recently about Midwest recruiting, and it was like it's basically Ohio State and then Michigan, Penn State, and Notre Dame fight for recruits. And then if Ohio and occasionally one of those schools can beat Ohio. They can each beat them one or two two out of ten times. But for the most part, Ohio State's just at a different level in recruiting. And then if you you watch a lot of the commitments, it's like okay, he's choosing between. Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan, It's some, you know, some linebacker from Toledo or something like that. And it's which one's you going to pick or the suburbs of Chicago or Detroit. It's a whole different level. I know Notre Dame's not in the Big Ten, but close enough. I thought last year was a big breakthrough year in that not a break, big, not a big breakthrough year, but it was a sign of progress that they at least competed, not only competed, but could have beaten Clemson uh, because, you know, they had lost 30, was it 30 to zip or 33 to zip Clemson earlier a couple years ago Michigan State made the playoffs got absolutely shut out by Alabama just trucked and it was really like man you got the Big Ten's not even offering up uh then they didn't make the playoff a few times like they they were not even a contender I mean at least Oklahoma puts points up it just it just looked like the Midwest Urban Meyer changed Ohio State to a whole different plane nobody else has been able to catch up to that plane can they Get there, and that is going to be the challenge for Michigan and Wisconsin and some of the other schools that, and obviously Penn State uh, that have that potential, um, but haven't haven't reached it so far. Other than that, a lot of solid teams. Um, obviously, got a few weak ones. The, the Rutgers experiment has really just been—I know it was done for TV and TV money, but at some point, that's just a kind of a joke and remains one. We'll see if Shiano can. I mean, I just you look at Ciano and you're like, okay, maybe make some like what's respectable? Like what would be an accomplishment there? You know? That's a three-year grind to get into six and six. Yeah. yeah. Two and six in the league, three and yeah. three and five in conference play. Like not bad, right? So they go three and three, three and one out of conference and three and three, three and five, and you're like, yeah, hey, pretty good job. So you just you have that bit, but that's one way the teams need. You need bad teams to have great teams. That's not that's not unusual. And so that's really the question in terms of the health. It's it's where you're getting players, you know, population trends, importance of football, things like that do not favor the Midwest. You know, one of the things that expansion did was kind of open up the window to New Jersey and Maryland and, and certainly the, uh, uh, you know, the D.C., Maryland, that, that whole area, it's got a lot of players uh, to try to help. But you know, overall, there's more players in the South uh, than the, than in the North, and uh, you got to find a way to get kids to leave the South to come play in the Midwest. You're recruiting on someone else's turf, and then you don't keep, you can't always keep it. Kentucky's been killing it up north. Alabama comes up north. I think one of the the best linemen, one of the best linemen in the area, Garrett Dillinger, I think Dillinger, from uh, Clarkston, Michigan. I wasn't quite prepared. His final four were Penn State michigan and ohio state and this is this kid looks exactly like the kind of lineman that has pushed kids around for those schools forever he just chose lsu and in his statement on why he said i want to i don't want to watch alabama and auburn and florida i want to play against them and so the, the sec's pull in the north is is pretty good yeah. right now and that doesn't yeah. help now I'm sure more kids come from south to north because they have to, but I think that's the issue. And then I think the other real challenge for this league is what what is Nebraska? What, you know, Nebraska, can Nebraska ever get really good again? And I don't know. I've said this, we've talked about it on this pod before. I just, I don't know. I thought Nebraska was in much better competitive shape in the Big 12 where they were playing all the time in Texas and they had an identity and they had a history and the competition was a little less than they are in the Big Ten. They they jumped to the Big Ten. They got money, but they're just another school with a big stadium roaming around the Midwest looking for players. And they've got tons of those. In you know, so you sit there and say, why go to Nebraska if you go to Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame's in the area. Obviously, again, not in the league, but whatever. You're are they're, they're a force at all times uh, around there. It's just a hard go. Like I, you know, Iowa's got a better program than Nebraska right now. Can Nebraska ever get great? Cause you brought them in to be great, but what you got is is a, a program that doesn't have those advantages that it once had and and I think is wandering a, about and not really helping the the conference in the way that it was designed. So yeah. Yeah.
1: what you got, you got you got a, a program that's basically on par with Indiana or Illinois, just with more fans. That's it. They want to be good. The fans really want want it. They've got the passion for it, but they don't have the players. They haven't had the leadership. And that does hurt the West uh, division. You know, is not ha- having Nebraska just massively. I don't want to say underachieved because they may actually be achieving about where they should be, but compared to where they were. Uh, they are not doing what the Big Ten hoped they would be doing.
2: Nebraska will be fascinating this year because they open with Purdue at home, assuming everything goes the way it should and is scheduled. Uh, then they have they have Central and South Dakota State, which they should win. The the big test for Nebraska, and I think it'll be a real pivot for Scott Frost's tenure there, will be Cincinnati in week four. Um, Cincinnati, I would think, as of right now, would be favored in that game. Right? Cincinnati is going to be a top— 20 top 25 team at very least going into the season. They're coming up back to back 10 win seasons. They're uh, they're, they're loaded this year. They, they return a ton. Um, this is the season kind of Luke Fickles pointed to there. If Nebraska loses to Cincinnati, then they have a couple of your your sort of, uh, you know, flotsam and jetsam games. They go to Northwestern, they get Illinois, they go to Rutgers. How about this closing kick for Nebraska if you want the Frost narrative to change really fast, all right? At Ohio State, Halloween. Penn State, home, November 7th. At Iowa, November 14th. At Wisconsin, November 21st. Home, Minnesota, November 27th. Count any wins in those five games for the old Huskers? <laughs>
0: L L L L L, yeah. I mean your best yeah. shots, Minnesota, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you are going to be
2: beat to a pulp at that point,
0: right? That's the that's the problem. I just like where do they? I I remember saying this at the beginning. Where are you getting players? Yep. You know they they bailed. If they had stayed in the Big Twelve, like they 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 ran and they had reason to fear the Big Twelve was going to fall apart, and and the Big Ten comes in with its 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 golden ticket, but. Uh, you know, and fans will defend it and all that much money. We're going to upgrade our weight. Like that doesn't buy you win. Like, what are you doing? No. You want to win yeah. games.
1: Right. That's the thing. And that's where fans. Yeah. As we've said before, it doesn't make sense for fans to root for profit margin. That's, that's immaterial. <laughs> it should be immaterial to them. Yeah. You're cashing a bigger check. Congratulations. You're losing more games. You're not relevant. I went and did a story at Nebraska. Not long after they uh, – gosh, I might still even have been at ESPN, I think. Yeah, When uh, not long after they left the Big 12 to go there. And basically what it boiled down to was Nebraska likes things the same so much that when it became betrothed basically to Texas and what Texas wanted – and that ruined all of their everything. You know, they they were no longer playing Oklahoma every year. They just everything that they'd been the way it always was changed when they ended up in this different conference. And Texas is calling the shots. And they're like, fine, if we got if we're if that's not gonna be the same, then we're blowing up everything and just leaving and going over here so we can get away from Texas and try to rebuild our thing. And they just haven't been able to rebuild it.
0: A funny thing is if they are the team and not West Virginia, yeah. Like because yeah. there's a spot in the Big 12. And the Big 12 would rather have Nebraska than West Virginia. And West Virginia would certainly rather be in the Big 10 than, no. you know. But, man, they, they're just in a better – now, all right, how about this for uh, – on Nebraska, though? This is on Nebraska. And I thought this was very interesting. Scott Frost, obviously very good coach, did a great job at Central Florida. And that's the thing. Like, if he can't win there, yikes. You know, who who's going to do it? Well, they have fans. They own the state. They didn't even close quarterback in Nebraska is the biggest thing in the state Yep, uh, by Warren Buffett. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. it. And he's old. So they open what they're, they're, they're they're setting up something called the ready now program that will offer as the name image and likeness comes and changes recruiting. I do think this is Nebraska's maybe way out. They're going to offer every Nebraska student athlete, a valuation of their brand, and review how to basically make money on this whole thing. And they're being, Frost is very aggressive in this and vocal about it and setting up how you come to Nebraska now and we might be able to monetize you and monetize all these fans that are sitting around filling the stadium in a way you won't get if you go to another school. Because it is a big pond and a you can be the big fish. you know, and that to me will be very interesting. We always talk, I always use the example of Boise State being able to out recruit most of the big, the Pac-12. So you're a much bigger deal if you're the star of Boise State and Boise, Idaho has got plenty of people enough to pay you. Nebraska does too. And I'm wondering if that will really help the Nebraska program or how it factors into a lot of these schools that uh, Iowa's got a lot of fans too, but doesn't have a recruiting base. Does that almost return those old ways where they could go pluck kids out of the south. You know, that's when that's when Tom Osborne was rolling when he was using his linemen from the Midwest and his skill players were coming from the south, especially in Florida. He had that pipeline going. Could could that could that help out going forward? That ain't going to help you this year. Ain't going to help you for x number of years, but is that something?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a great great, you know, that's exactly what. Look, let's find an advantage, let's find a niche and and that's what that could be. Uh, is something to differentiate themselves from recruits who, you know, didn't grow up thinking Nebraska was this great program. So I think it is an interesting concept, an interesting idea, and you got to find something to sell. Maybe that's what they can sell and get ahead of that curve because, you know, that curve will be real, I think. I mean, that's going to be significant how schools deal with that and what sort of – you know, offers and incentives are available to players when they start looking at name, image, and likeness situations. Yeah, well, you know, it almost seems like for
2: 15 years now, we've been saying, well, Nebraska has a fan base. You know, that that's it's like all that they're they're left propped up on. And so if that fan base can in turn, you know, be monetized, if you will, by helping their players with name, image, and likeness, I do think it come can come back. But I just don't know if like Nebraska and the sea of red are going to be a difference maker, and you're going to beat SEC schools for players. You know what I mean? You're sure, you know, you can certainly go back into Texas and get some guys. Like you can, you can out duel those old Big Twelve schools you used to, you you know, you used to play patty cake with. But like, I don't know if that's going to give them a foothold in Chicago, which they've really failed to establish um, recruiting wise. Uh, and if you're in that quadrant, like, and you're in the you're in the Big Ten, you, you need to have some resonance there. So I do still think I agree with Dan. It's it's an identity thing with. The Nebraska, and and let's face it, no recruits right now have been alive when Nebraska has been relevant.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's and it's a like I said, it's a great place to go visit. But you're dry, like you. It's well, what is great game day experience? And it is, it's phenomenal. But you, to get there, if you're a player in the areas of the Midwest that matter, like if you're in Chicago, you get to drive by Wisconsin, and it's closer to drive to Wisconsin than Iowa, and they got great. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in Indiana, well, in, you know. Those schools, Notre Dame, it's closer to go to there's a lot of big stadiums with tons of fans. So I think Nebraska's really a key to how how much better this league can get. Uh, you know, I think Iowa kind of maxes out what it generally does. Sure. Um yeah. Minnesota certainly on the rise. And we'll see. PJ Fleck, uh, you know, can he, you know, is he can can he exceed what I think the rest of us would think is a cap? Northwestern does kind of what Northwestern can do. Um, you know, the other schools are there, Purdue, Illinois, a lot of can go up. Um, but it, it, until someone can catch Ohio State, I'm not really sure what 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 the, is this the, kind of the holding pattern of, of the league, because right, we can bag on Michigan, but they're not bad. They're not what they no, I mean. They were losing no. to Toledo a few years ago. They're a good team. Right. No, they're good. They're, they're you know,
1: they're going to win nine, sometimes 10. Penn they're... State's, I think, very good.
0: They're good. Yeah. It's a good program. Yeah, you know, and they're, they're always going to have that problem of one of the three best three to four best teams in the area is Notre Dame and they don't got them. That does not help. This is Penn State's
1: chance. I just I think I I think Ohio State's better than they are, but I think this is the best team James Franklin's had at Penn State and they get out Ohio State at home. I think it's a tough stretch of the schedule. I mean, Pete, you were talking about Nebraska's, but Penn State schedule October 3rd at Michigan, October 17th, Iowa, October 24th, Ohio State. That's three tough games in a row. Uh, and are you going to be ready for that third one? But you do get them at home. There's a lot to like about their team. I think quarterback play still – quarterback play was better than I thought it would be with Sean Clifford, but it probably still needs another step up. But they've got players, Big game, you know – Big playmakers and game breakers on both sides of the uh, the ball. So if they can't get Ohio State this year, I don't know when they're going to get them, and I still don't think they'll get them. I, I, w- I would tend to agree.
2: I, I think like you know, betting against Ohio State at this point is like betting against Oklahoma in the uh, in in the Big Twelve. There's just they they've separated themselves on the re- recruiting trail. Ryan Day has quickly established himself as one of the five best. You know, quarterback development guys in uh, in in college football, and I mean to think that Jim Harbaugh has just been completely surpassed in the area of quarterback development in his own league. Obviously, early in Harbaugh's time there, they had Jake Rudock, who he turned from a completely pedestrian quarterback to a late round draft pick. But but other than that, not only have they failed to recruit a competent quarterback who could help him, you know, win a win a league title, they've also failed to develop anyone, and so. I mean, what gives me the most hesitancy about Michigan right now is that they looked at all these quarterbacks last year and they were not better than Shea Patterson. So I really think when you're looking at that East below Ohio state, I do think P- Penn state is the best foil on paper in the, uh, in the East. And I just think until Mi- I mean, Michigan had four offensive linemen drafted, they had, they had good, they had good skill. They had a, Skill guy they didn't use get drafted by the Browns in the sixth round and then another one who was, was at Texas this year so and and they and they return uh, Nico Collins who's one of the better you know should be one of the better receivers in the country it's just they've been out of sync on that side of the ball pretty much Harbaugh's entire tenure there and I don't see maybe year two under Josh Gaddis, they 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 do get in sync a little bit more but I don't. It'd be it'd be foolish to just bet on that at this point
0: because the returns have just been not disappointing. Jim Harbaugh not getting the great quarterback is a mystery of college football. Now, he comes back from the pros. And you could say, look, Michigan's never going to be better than Ohio State or they're never going to be a national true title contender anymore. That's fine. But if the one thing I thought he'd be able to do is line up quarterbacks, this is a guy who took... Andrew Luck to a Heisman and made Stanford matter. He coached, took Colin Kaepernick to the to the Super Bowl. He played 15 years as a quarterback in the NFL and not as just this gifted player but but uh, you know, captain comeback, the warrior for all these teams. This is the, he's this is Tom Brady's alma mater and Brady is back shooting videos for him, throwing balls pregame, doing speeches at the, you know, he's all in. And they can't get that guy, that great quarterback prospect. Like I I would have been, you could have sat there and said, hey, they're going to go nine and three most years, but they're going to have a great quarterbacks. I would have bought that. He's gotten linemen, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. He's got skill players. He's got everything up there. except the quarterback. It's amazing. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to go play for Jim Harbaugh? I don't get the disconnect there. And to me, that's the thing that's missing. Now, can they get that guy? And it all flips. I oh, don't maybe, but that's the just the one of the all-time. I don't know. It's like it's like USC not having great quarterbacks. Yeah. It's like but you, no, you have
1: mean, to. Yeah. Six years in. And yes, they, they got Rudolph, uh, you know, a transfer bounce. They kind of I thought made something out of not much with Wilton Spate for one season and then the next season he wasn't as good and from then it's just been spin cycle and it is it is really surprising and I get I don't know if that goes back to lack of offensive identity nobody knew for sure what Michigan was they were pro style when Pro style wasn't very popular then they were tried to make a hybrid pro style spread and they just haven't been able to I think to, to come up with a marketable offensive style that to sell to a quarterback that's as near as a guess as i can come up with but it is very surprising to see jim harbaugh year six we still don't know whether they got anybody at that position
0: other school interesting is wisconsin now wisconsin they got coach sweatshirt paul christ my favorites (laughs) swears that sweatshirt 24 hours a day even in the shower (laughs) He's currently swimming in Green Bay on his vacation, wearing the sweatshirt at the beach. Wearing the sweatshirt uh, Out on Lake Michigan. Do we think Chris has one of those new mac and cheese dispensers that went viral this week in his house already? I hope so. <laughs> If not, it is on order on the Amazon. It'd be a great late night infomercial. Chris pitching the mac and cheese dispenser. If yeah. Paul Christ pitches a mac and cheese dispenser on cable, I am buying it. I'm buying <laughs> it in a heartbeat. Be like, this man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> that anyway, commercial would would would
1: absolutely be bereft of any sizzle, but I would still buy it. Paul Chris talking the, that'd about that would be the fun part. Yeah.
2: Like yeah, on, it'd be uh, legendary, it'd be the new when, era. Coach O Hummer commercial.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when Kiffin did that ad and he looked hungover, <laughs> yes. like monotoned it for like, come to our games. It's gonna be real exciting. It's like, dude. Yes, <laughs> we do this a I few hours from now? I need a nap in the office. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly hungover. He just looked hungover. I'm not saying he was hungover because I know Lane. I mean, Lane... chances aren't, you know, it's not like
1: the craziest assumption you've ever made. <laughs> so.
0: Anyway, uh, how far can he take Wisconsin? I'm just looking this year. I mean, I like everything get set up. They have to go to Michigan late September. And they get Notre Dame at this Lambeau game, allegedly. Although that may get moved to Notre Dame. Of course, none of this stuff could happen, but <laughs> they we're pretending it does so not ruin a good midsummer podcast. <laughs> but in league, uh, they got to go to Michigan. They get Minnesota at home. And they that's avoid it. Ohio State. They, get, they get, mm-hmm. avoid Ohio State. They avoid Penn State. They get Nebraska at home. They got to go to Iowa. Got Notre Dame at Lambeau, and we're going to do a pod from there in the parking lot? Yeah, we're going to, but we don't know if that'll happen. That'll probably be at Notre Dame Stadium. But let's just take a look at the, the league. You know, man, they're, this is this is, this is is setting up kind of nice for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 the schedule does set up for them. I, I don't think this is anywhere near as good a team as their team was last year. But schedule means a lot. Uh, crossover teams, games mean a lot. And just kind of when you catch people and where. They should probably win the division. I think Minnesota might be better than them this year, but they get Minnesota in Madison uh, and a lot of other nice uh, schedule setups, so...
2: I think the interesting thing there, like Jack Cohn is uh, one of on the long line of pedestrian game manager, completely unremarkable and unexciting quarterbacks that they've had. I mean, you can go back to Brooks Bollinger and pretty much non-Russell Wilson fill in the blanks with the rest of the Wisconsin quarterbacks. They do have an exciting quarterback prospect on the roster, a kid named Graham Mertz, who's from the Wichita area, I believe, who kind of turned down all the big boys just to go to Wisconsin. And I think the fundamental tension of how high Wisconsin can go this season will be when Chris goes to him. Cause you know, he won't be the opening day starter. This is Wisconsin. Hold your horses. All right. So when Chris sort of decides to take the reins off him and, and open things up a little bit, they do not have much skill that uh, on the outside. That would be my concern. They certainly, uh, you know, have, have running backs. You know, if you're a running back, you don't go to Wisconsin. You're stupid. So uh, they have plenty of talent there. What they, what, what they don't have is as much skill as they've had the past few years on the outside, which uh, may be more the reason to get a more competent thrower in there. Uh,
0: let's do win totals. know gambling is uh, not always legal everywhere. It is legal in New Jersey, though. And you can use our uh, our gambling partner, BetMGM. Consider that. How about that plug? Rutgers, 2.5 is the over-under. Now, they start with Monmouth. They play the Monmouth Hawks in the season opener. I mean, that is the kind of thing to get you fired up and hoping that college football <laughs> can defeat the COVID. <laughs> Rutgers versus Monmouth. Shiano's
1: back to take on the Hawks. Of Imagine
0: Monmouth. going to that game and catching, catching Corona on that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, there will be like, no fans at
1: Rutgers. I am I mean, not that- going to
0: risk Social yeah. distancing will not be a real difficulty at the Rutgers-Monmouth game. But anyway, other than Monmouth, I don't know if they got a win. I think this two-and-a-half is inflated on Shiano. I think it's an under. I'm taking the under. Who the hell else they beat? Temple? At Temple? Illinois? I don't think so. There's always the Maryland game.
1: Yeah, they got trouble. I, I Even even with the coaching upgrade, I I think I would be tempted to go under and say they win two. And not three. I will give Shiano credit for this. They have
2: 10 transfers who have come in. So they've given themselves some immediate. They like they took uh, the fast guy who returned the kick in the Rose Bowl from Wisconsin. They've got a defensive back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's the best description the of a Wisconsin player. <laughs> Wisconsin's one fast guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like Crookshank or something like that. Every uh, single guy, yeah. every Wisconsin man's like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, our one yeah, guy. The, yeah, they took him. our fast guy. The fast guy. Yeah. The fast uh, guy.
2: Yeah, they took uh, the kid who was the defensive MVP of the Rose Bowl for Ohio State two years ago who kind of got squeezed out in the scheme change when Halfley came in. I think it's Brendan White. Like, they got some, like, real guys, a, a rotation lineman from Minnesota, whatever. So, I do think they will be better. They got Noah Vedral. um the the backup quarterback from Nebraska would have been down at UCF with uh, with with Frost. They also have the. Oh, uh,
0: that's that's enough. That's the enough. number
2: fourteen <laughs> recruiting class in the country. But yeah, three's a long way to go. I, I'll give you that. Three's a long way to go. I'm just trying to trying to actually point out some football things. I always get yelled at for that.
0: So well, you can do it for the good teams. <laughs> <hold> it <laughs> Save it. I'm all for it. If you know, with Rutgers the fast guy at Wisconsin? Though everyone knows that. It's like the white. <laughs> It's it's like the white Laker. It's like the one white guy on the Lakers. They, they always have one guy, and he's very very well known. I don't know. Uh, all right, Maryland is uh, getting uh, what do they got? Three and a half. Three and so a half. Three favored. Three and a half. They they open with Towson. Another another one to really get it cranking early.
1: Maryland over under. This year looks a lot like last year did, where they're going to start pretty fast, win a couple games, and and then reality's going to smack them in the eye. I can see three wins. I cannot see a fourth win. So, no, I'm taking
0: the under. Michigan State, four and a half, new coach, no spring practice. Uh, Non-conference victories that could happen. They're at BYU. They get the Toledo Rockets and then the Miami Hurricanes are coming to East Lansing. How about that? Dan, you may have to
2: go to a game. <laughs> well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. Sorry about that. Lovely I you. love the under on this. I love the under They have no quarterback. Mel Tucker got there late, no spring practice. Uh lost a bunch of talent on defense, recruiting and atrophied there. The program was flat, stale, and scandalous. I don't, I don't see
1: uh I don't see five wins there. I'm pretty sure they don't have a quarterback who has thrown a college touchdown, so that's that's a, that's not a great place to start. And uh, yeah, as Pete said, the recruiting had started to tail off, and they they are filling a lot of holes with a completely new staff. I I'm, I'm fine with the under on that one too.
0: All right, Illinois and Purdue are both five wins. Uh, they could be a, a potential like my my UMass UConn United uh, meet meet up. <laughs> United. What if Purdue and Illinois? met up and Cornfield United. They could be a pretty good program. <laughs> Cornfield United. I love it. The road between West it. Lafayette and Champaign is a tough one. It is. I've been
1: there and yeah, like normal. They can meet up in normal Illinois or something there, whatever they might be in Crawfordsville, Indiana. And uh is either of them the getting more there.
0: than five wins.
1: Yes. Yes. I've got Purdue with six, uh maybe more. they they had everybody injured last year. They're recruiting well. They got a transfer quarterback. I, th- I think they've got a chance to at least get to six, although the schedule's not easy. They're playing Memphis and Air Force non-conference. Those are not easy games for them. But And then Illinois, yeah, Illinois starts. Illinois State, UConn, Bowling Green at home. They're 3-0 and there. They go at Rutgers. They should be 4-0 and to start. Certainly they can scrape around and find two more wins somewhere. I'm taking the over with them too. I would
2: love to see the 4 and 0 start to the under. That would yeah. be that would
1: be peak lovey right there. Peak yeah. lovey. <laughs> that might get lovey fired too.
2: Yeah, Purdue does not have a proven quarterback, which is a little bit scary and Almost too bad. Like, Why wouldn't a quarterback want to go to Purdue and play for Jeff Brom? I mean, he's great offensive acumen. Threw the ball around like crazy at Western Kentucky. Uh, Purdue has some of the best skill of any uh, program in the in the Big Ten. Um, I still have faith in Brom. I think they'll figure it out. They've recruited better. That side of the ball is going to be better now that the immortal Bob Diaco is the defensive coordinator in West Lafayette. So I think Purdue figure out, figures out a way to get to six. And I think Illinois does the 4-0 freeze out.
0: I think um, Pat has, has to say something nice about Jeff Braum or he gets thrown out of Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> they won't serve him a hot brown he's, sandwich ever again. He's the or fourth like
1: Braum brother.
0: Yeah, I am. He really I gotta, is.
1: Got to take Coop, care of my brethren.
0: I think we were calling him Cooper Braum for a while, yeah, right? Cooper <laughs> Braum, yes. <laughs> Cooper Braum. <Brom. laughs> yeah, Pat, so I, I shouldn't even ask. asked. Pat's like, yeah, they're going to contend. He's giving out they the injury are. excuse. Come on, man. He had everything. Come on. All right, Northwestern five and a half wins. Nobody. Well, uh, every did, year that's their got, that's their over under for the last hundred years. They get they get
1: Peyton Peyton Ramsey, the transfer quarterback from uh, Indiana, who's a pretty good player. And they boy do they need a quarterback. Holy moly, <laughs> were they awful last year at quarterback? And they get a new offensive coordinator because they finally changed the staff. So on those two things alone, I am tempted to go over. Let's what's the number is. Uh, Five and a half, let's look at the schedule. At Michigan State, I'm going to say win. Tulane win. Central Mich- Michigan win. That's three. You can beat Nebraska at home. Get the four. You can beat Maryland. You can get the five. You got Morgan State. Oh, for sure. I'm taking the over. Yeah, I think
2: I think they'll get there. They'll get there too. I, it, it'd be hard to see them being as impotent on offense as they were uh, the year before. And you got to remember that that new facility has been up there. They've recruited at a much higher uptick uh, in the past two years than they have in the past. So I do think there's some young talent in that program. I think you're getting another influx of it this year. This is really the first class that they could recruit that facility to. I think they'll 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 figure it out. I mean that that West is just like a big big bunch of programs doing the doggy paddle around each other. So you're gonna, you're gonna pick up a couple wins there. And I, I think they could go to Michigan State, really make a statement to start the year and and show what a long road Mel Tucker has to bring that thing back to where Mark D'Antonio had it five years ago.
0: Uh Northwestern's football facility is absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah. It's phenomenal.
0: It it actually, as much as I overvalue college football, even I am like, look at this prime spot of Lake Michigan real estate. <laughs> and they're yeah. using it for this football facility. Even I am taking a bath. (laughs) I mean, it's like a
2: museum. Have you been in it, Dan? No. No, they don't yeah, it's in. it's jaw dropping. Like, I mean, it's like I've been I've been to every facility. Here's one of, like the dirty little secrets of being a college uh, sports writer for as long as Pat and I have done it. And Dan, I'm sure you're the same way. When I go somewhere and some coach is like, do you want to see our weight room? I'm like, God, I do not want to see your weight room. <laughs> looks like every other weight room. Some coach <laughs> has been excited to show me over the years. I would rather poke my eyes with sharp <laughs> pencils than go see your weight room. Sure, coach. Love to. Yeah. The exception tour. is Northwestern. Yeah. It is yeah. a cathedral. It is immaculate. You can argue like whether it was worth the investment, the money, the real estate, whatever. But it is a
0: pristine place, man. Well, if you're going to use that real estate, you might as well make it nice. It is pretty awesome. Uh, I have not seen the inside, but I've seen enough facilities. It's like, yeah, great, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Oh, we got the monogram logo in the meeting room chairs. <laughs> I mean,
2: what, yeah, what, do, what so do the coaches does say else. to
0: you guys when they
2: get you to the weight room? You're like, yeah. "Yep, it's bigger than most." Hello, <laughs> oh, look yeah. at the bench rack
0: there. You
1: yeah, like, yeah, just look around, and say, "Wow, it's really nice." Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's awesome. really yeah. Look at how, how So are the how other 57 are. I have seen, but yes.
0: Mm-hmm. uh All right, Nebraska is six and a half. Six and a half. Their non-conference is. uh Oh, yeah. We already talked about them. Since yeah. he, I got South Dakota State, Jackrabbits, Central Michigan. What do you got? Six and a half over or under? Under. Under. Yeah. This I is that know. dangerous
2: point where I feel like I'm agreeing with Pat too much. I always try to be <laughs> conscious of that. Well, He's trying this to drag is be a- to the bedding gutter with him.
1: Hey.
0: I mean, I see five. It's a problem with these Vegas. They look at the schedule also. They do. Um, yeah, they, they study these things. That's why the over-under is very close. This is a big year for Scott Frost to prove. He can do something. I don't know. Uh, all right, Indiana, seven and a half. How about Indiana being a football school practically?
1: Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Illinois, uh Indiana, seven and a half uh thoughts. Should be like really
1: good off the out of the brigade. I mean, they're gonna lose to Wisconsin in Madison, but then one, two, three. I could see five, I could see them five and one. Going into the second half of the schedule and playing more of the Eastern Division. Six.
0: Michigan State.
1: Yeah, that's Michigan eight? State. There, yeah. Six and one. Six and
0: one. Six, two, three. Mm. Got two more in you. Purdue and Illinois. They're not mm. beating Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan. That's and Wisconsin. No. So that's just. Yep.
1: You know what? I'm still so appalled at Tom Allen's management of the end of the bowl game against Tennessee that I'm taking the under. I love that. That There's
2: no fight. grudge like a Pat Forty mm. bull coaching malfunction. That's it. That's grudge. it. There's nothing. There nothing lasts longer. Like
1: <laughs> complete Sully, so, am I right? Did they were they ready for the onside kick that everybody knew was coming? No.
2: Yep. That was no. just about as bad as it gets. Some people feel like that strongly about
1: Middle East uh
2: you know issues. <laughs> Pat feels that strongly about Indiana clock management. Uh I'm 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 taking the under. Uh I think quarterback change is going to hurt them. I give Tom Allen a lot of credit, but I, I really think that Indiana leapt up after the hiring of Kellen DeBoer as the offensive coordinator. He's now the head coach at Fresno, and I do think he was a big part of the magic there, and I think that's going to be difficult to replace.
0: Iowa is at seven wins. I skipped Iowa. Seven wins for Iowa. They got all sorts of tumult in the program, but uh, they have a kind of favorable schedule. Again, another early one. Northern NIU, Michigan State early, but um they are at Ohio State, at Penn State. Uh, that that doesn't help. Uh that's and that's gonna that's gonna be a, you know, that's the kind that gives you a beating in the middle. And then also Northwestern shows up, and that's kind of can you can you survive that run? Uh so Iowa at seven, they usually do pretty well, but what do you got?
1: I think they hit like seven on the dot. I would, you know, I would I would not really Touch this one. If if I had to say, I'd probably say over because you can usually count on Iowa to win eight games, like every single year. But uh, I think I look at the schedule and I see seven, so I say push. I'm gonna take
2: the over. I think that there's enough coming back on their offensive line, and there's enough identity there that uh, th- that I think this is a this is this is going to be exactly what we expect from Iowa. I just think they are. Better than the, the rest of the teams in the West and, and can can squeeze a few victories out of out of there. So like they can they can go to Purdue and win. They they, they can still push people around in that in that West and their their identity strong. And obviously how the program reacts to the firing with strength coach and the tumble with went through in the offseason is going to be a big question. But I, I don't see them having difficulty getting past seven games. Plus, I, don't I disagree with Pat at some point.
0: I mean, God, I like them. I think they're they're stronger than Iowa State. And, I, and I'm not just this is the next team, but we will go right to Minnesota. I'm not just conceding Minnesota's got the this juice. They had a great season, and they they've got a lot of momentum. But I'm not willing to just write those guys off. So Minnesota, I would take Iowa over. Minnesota is nine wins. Their non-con is Florida Atlantic, Tennessee Tech, and BYU. All three at home, so that helps. They avoid they play Michigan at home. They avoid Ohio State and Penn State. Nine wins for uh, row the boat.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going over. I'm taking the over there. I like them. Like the program arc. They have had some coaching turnover, which happens a little bit when you when you're winning like they have. You're going to lose some guys, but Tanner Morgan's back for I think his hundred and third year at quarterback. Uh, even though he's only a junior, he still has been there 103 years. Rashad Bateman, best receiver in the league, outstanding, one of the best receivers in the country. Offensive line, back most of it in, in uh, back together. They're they're going to have guys that can run the ball. They'll be okay. Schedule, I think getting Iowa at home is good. Uh, you get Northwestern at home. You get Michigan at. I think they can win. They can beat beat Michigan possibly on October 17th. I'm taking I'm taking the over. Row the boat. Well, I think
2: you guys know and uh, listeners of our podcast would know I've been rowing the boat early on, so I'm not going to stop rowing it. I'm not going to stop rowing it now. I I agree with all of Pat's offensive analysis. I do think that offensive line there, uh, they bring a lot of guys back and and have a couple NFL caliber guys there. There's some cohesion there. They do go from Kirk Soraka as the O.C. to Mike Sanford as the O.C., the rest of the offensive staff. Does remain intact. I think the offensive identity reta- remains intact. I think Rashad Bateman could be the first receiver picked in the NFL draft this year. He's certainly in the conversation. I, I think he he ends up being at least a first round pick. There, look like wherever P.J. Fleck has gone, talent has followed, and recruiting is such an emphasis there that you're going to start to have elite players and the culture is strong. Like if you watch that Auburn game, I mean, Auburn clearly had better players. They just, they just played harder than them. And so I, I really think that like that only gets stronger as the, uh, as, as the years go on there at, uh, at, at Minnesota. So I, uh, I yeah, I have, I, I think they, uh, they, they beat the, uh, they beat the nine and the uh, boat keeps rowing. And
0: uh, yeah, we see if PJ ends up going to uh, USC. Well, look, you got uh, nine wins and you're looking at a 12 game schedule and you got one that you would rack up as a sure loss at wisconsin that's pretty good uh i think the iowa game will deter you will know a ton based on that friday september 18th game uh with iowa at home uh i'm not willing to just give up on iowa but if they if if minnesota handles them they could be in for a huge season because like they got to go to wisconsin but who knows what michigan is and and that's it i mean the rest of you're at nebraska at the end um that's about it so could be big. I would take the over on that, although I'm, i I want to watch that Iowa game. All right. Michigan's a, a nine win. Same uh same number. Schedule is uh is tougher, obviously. You got you have Wisconsin coming in, you have Penn State coming in, both at home. At Washington is the big non-conference game. Uh, and then you're at Ohio State at the end of the year. There's certainly three losses you could see out of that, but uh you could also see them. At swing games, either Wisconsin or Penn State, probably. I don't see him beating Ohio State.
2: Well, I think w- w- we learn a ton about uh, them at Washington to open the season. Those are those are going to be two unproven quarterbacks starting in uh, starting in that game. Washington has the Sac State transfer, who who may have an edge there, um, and then obviously Michigan has an undistinguished cast that uh, you know Dylan McCaffrey is probably going to emerge from. So I would say that. You know, I think nine is right on the dot. I, I don't I, I, I can't with conviction say they'll be over that. But I also don't think considering just how mediocre the rest of the Big Ten is like I don't see them losing to Indiana, Rutgers, Maryland, Purdue or Michigan State. So I think they end up uh, they end up at nine.
1: Yeah, I think nine's a good number. Uh, I think there, there's five games I'm looking at at Washington, Wisconsin, Penn State at Minnesota And at Ohio State. So there's five losable games. Can they win two out of those and lose three and be nine and three? Yeah, I would say they can probably do that. I don't know whether they can get to 10, but I don't think they'd be at eight either. So I'm saying
0: nine. I would not bet over. I'd probably either bet to skip it or bet under. Yeah. I I don't like that one. Like I like Minnesota going over. All right. Wisconsin, nine and a half, kind of run through their schedule in various ways, but they got Michigan at home. They got Notre Dame. They got. Minnesota at home uh, they get I they're at Iowa they get Nebraska at home Northwestern's at Wrigley uh Notre Dame is be probably at Notre Dame there are other non-cons southern Illinois and Appalachian State nine and a half looks pretty nice to me on this I'd take the over
1: I'm thinking they can win 10 uh but I don't know I you know I think the opener against Indiana watch out for that one that they're at home they should win it but Indiana's going to bring a pretty good team in there. Wisconsin better be ready to play right away. Michigan, Notre Dame, Minnesota. Uh, uh, You know what? No, I'm going to – nine and a half, I'm taking the under. Changed my mind. Ah, I wanted to disagree with you. (laughs) Definitely taking the under
2: here. I mean, they lost Illinois last year. Like, and they – you know, they lose Jonathan Taylor. They have uncertainty at quarterback. They have mediocre skill. They're the classic Wisconsin team on paper susceptible to losing a game they should win. All right. App State may be better than some of those low end Big Ten teams. So, like, don't don't write that off as a uh, don't write that off as a sure win. I, I think they can futz around and uh, and figure out a way to lose
0: three or four. All right. Penn State is nine and a half. They get uh, they are at Virginia Tech is their big non-conference. Otherwise, you got Kent State and San Jose State showing up to get pounded. They are at Michigan. They get Ohio State at home. They are at Nebraska. Nine and a half for the for the uh, Nittany Lions. I'm sorry, too many teams here. Over. I, I think
1: they're. I think they are the best team to not win the conference in the country this year. That they are going to be eleven and one. They'll lose to Ohio State. They're going to be very good, uh, and they may make the playoff. We'll see whether that's good enough to do it, but. I, I, like him, I like him to win 11 regular season. God, do I hate agreeing with Pat so
2: much. Just get, bet the opposite of us. Just, just start loading up on the opposite of us. But I just feel like yeah. Is there uh, you know, you could you can you can pick two losses out, out on this schedule. I don't think you can pick three losses out on this schedule. So you could they could lose at Michigan. They could lose at home to Ohio State, although that's not guaranteed. They, they beat them there four or five years ago. And then I was at the game two two years ago where they had Ohio State dead to rights the entire game when Dwayne Hastings was a quarterback and kind of came back from uh, came back from the dead. Uh yeah, I just don't see them being particularly threatened by anyone else in the East. And look, Virginia Tech still got to prove a lot to me, um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball with Bud Foster gone, Justin Hamilton taken over there. I'm just not, uh, I, I'm not ready to to, to be c- completely worried about that game yet as a loss for them. So no, I think that's uh, that pretty safe put in Penn State in double digits.
0: Yeah, I agree. I could see 11 or 12. I mean, I, I I'm not that Ohio State game is going to be a game. And yeah uh, at Michigan's the only other one that scares me and who knows? The, uh, you know, the other thing we gotta we should have brought this up earlier, but you know, I mean we don't know if any of these games are gonna get played, but no. you're not gonna get Ohio State in a hundred you know white out Saturday night, 110 thousand, but you also don't have to play at Michigan or some of these other places. you know, Virginia Tech can be a, a dangerous game, but if the place is empty, yeah, it's got right? you know 12, no, 18, thousand people rattling around. At Blacksburg, it's not the same as is going in normally in lane stadium and 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 dealing with that so certainly a factor plus or minus because that ohio state penn state game on october 24th was going to be one of the great environments you could possibly get as it always is at yeah, penn state yeah. so sure sure hope we have it yeah so sure i'm glad do. i brought that up at the very end That uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: I, oh I field advantage may not matter
2: yeah. but <laughs> I'd have to leave now to get to State College to get there in time for kick on October 24th. But there's risk because the game could be canceled. So, yeah, that's that well, is the Buckeyes, hardest place to get
0: to. Buckeyes are uh, 11. So they're basically, you got to win them all. Uh, they're at Penn State. They're at Oregon. Uh, there has been some decree that Oregon won't have any fans. I believe the uh, state of Oregon said no fans in attendance until through through some point in September. I don't know if that'll switch up, or maybe I, I may have bad info or that's changed. They get Michigan at home. They get Nebraska at home. Not really seeing a whole lot else to worry about. It's really about do they win the Penn State game.
1: The only time I want to bet an over on a team when it's 11 is when it's Clemson in the ACC, because you know they're going to win them all. But uh, I think Ohio State will win them all. I just wouldn't bet it. I don't think I would bet it. But if you make me, if you answer me, ask me, are they going to win twelve? They're going to win eleven. They're going. To, I'd say they're going to win twelve, but I just wouldn't put any money on it.
2: We shouldn't underestimate Bowling Green showing up ornery because Pat has relegated <laughs> them in the opener. So, like, let's just not, let's just just not chalk up, chalk up bulletin board material right there, baby.
1: <laughs> Kicked out of the FBS.
2: <laughs> the Oregon game and, and Dan, it was a it was a good point that we probably should have brought up earlier. Fans, no fans. But uh, I think Oregon with the new starter at quarterback is is going to uh, there, there's going to be a learning curve there that day for them. And so, yeah, if if I have to pick over or under, I'm definitely picking the over on the eleven. You know, Michigan at home obviously is you know if.
0: Fans are a thing, and everything is obviously going to be a big swing. So, but it might not be though. That's the thing. Uh, I would bet the over if I had to bet it. But like betting over eleven just doesn't even seem fun. Like you just yeah, like you need the. I mean, it's like you, you got to win them all. So uh, you're better off just waiting for the Penn State game and then betting that <laughs> when you have a better idea. I mean, it's just I don't know. So anyway, all right, that's our Big Ten preview though. If you're still with us, happy 4th of July uh, weekend, or we're listening the rest of the summer? We hope all these games actually take place. It's kind of fun just talking about football games. I'm very, very excited (laughs) for some of them. And boy, it would be great if they were all filled stadiums, but I don't Uh know. Unlikely. Anyway, Save us Jonas Salk. Yeah, somebody, somebody, give us, I want to watch Penn State host the Buckeyes. All right, Subscribe. Leave nice social media messages. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell whoever. Uh, We need all the listeners we can get. We will talk to you guys soon here on the Yahoo Sports College Podcast.
2: I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals.
1: With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus to the 2020 elections,
2: we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at Pod.
0: Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate.
2: Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you
1: with DriveWise from Allstate.